damn, I want to get some. And you're like, damn, I want to get some head right now. Or, damn, I want some <laughs> sex right now. And you just be in this. I mean, I feel like that's not delusional. I just feel like you're just like in a that's just me being internal a conflict. Human. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> but it's like, am I by uh, celibacy is a choice I made in my brain. Yeah, that's true. Me wanting dick is a choice that's made in my vagina. That's true. That's true. <laughs> On all the kicks, she don't never take no lines. Have the one, two, four, five, six. Says she live in Marble Hill, but she chill at Pelham Bay. No hellos or how you feel. All her friends say get okay. Bronx made, 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 Bronx made. Welcome to Bronx Girl at Heart, a space where we explore harsh truths about growing up in our 20s and show love to our past while looking towards our future. My name is Bronx Girl at Heart, aka Alanis. Hi, everybody. Today is episode 10 of the Bronx Girl at Heart podcast. So if you've been listening this long, a big clappity clap clap for you. Come on. And today, that is exactly what we'll be talking about. We'll be reflecting on the last nine episodes with you guys, and we'll also talk about some of our manifestations for this summer. So stay tuned. Before we get to those topics, I'd like to remind you guys to follow us on IG, at Bronx Grat Heart Podcast on IG. Again, at Bronx Grat Heart Podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast today, please leave a comment in the rating review section of Apple Podcasts and leave a reply in the Q&A section of Spotify. Now we're going to get into our sound off. And I'm super excited because our guest today, I didn't even say the guest, but the guest of today was actually guest number one. And it's our producer, LR. So you'll hear a little bit from LR soon. Because he'll join us in the sound off segment. So usually we have way less topics, but I just felt like the last time, since the last time I recorded this podcast, so many things have happened. So LR and I are just going to go through like the main pop culture events that have happened recently. And we're just going to sound off. So... If you guys agree with any of the sentiments that we share today, please leave the rating, leave the review, leave a comment, or DM us. We'd love to hear your thoughts as well. So I'll get started with the first sound off topic for today. I'd love to talk about Damson Idris and Satan Gate. Guys, this man sat with freaking the Hollywood Reporter. He was at the Hollywood Reporter Actors Roundtable. And this is something that they usually do around award season. So this one was released in anticipation of the Emmys. Um, If you guys ever watch these Hollywood Report Actors Roundtables, they're on YouTube. And these videos are usually really interesting. It's cool to hear about how the actors um, do go through their process, Um, especially people that are usually more private. You get to hear a lot of their 
I guess their inner workings and how they make how they become the characters that we see on TV. So it was very interesting to hear Damson Idris speak. I haven't really followed him outside of the big screen. And let me just get started with what he said. So let's take a listen. Sometime we do 10 episodes for my show and in this last season, um, I was hitting a block, right? I, I was like, oh, I'm not doing it right, right? So I went in the corner and then I was looking at the wall and I was like, come on devil, come on devil, right? Mm. Get, come to me, like come to me. Cause I had to do something like crazy, right? Had nightmares for a month. So it does come to it or after? After. Like I had nightmares every day. Like I just felt, I felt that energy. Oh, interesting. You know, and I had to pray and do all this stuff to like get rid of it. And, you know, you call your mom up and you're like, bring me back to life. And Mm -hmm. that stuff is real. That stuff really is real. So you heard correctly. That video was posted on the official real T on the official RTR Instagram by the real talk room. And it was a clip, and on the clip they wrote, Damson Idris wanted a role so bad that he prayed to Satan. And that's essentially what you hear Damson saying in the clip. And I am just baffled. So LR is going to jump in here. Like, what do you think about this? What are your thoughts about this? So first of all, I shouted Jesus. That's my (laughs) first response. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I just feel like it was never that serious to conjure up the devil for a performance um especially like this was his last season i've never seen snowfall unless i first add but if it worked for you in the first five seasons and you probably wanted to add a little more effort into the sixth season because he had such a dramatic character development in the sixth season i feel like i would have just like i don't know looked at past performances that somebody had like an insane villain arc or like a, a hubris arc, or I would have, I don't know, did research. I don't know. And he he's a trained actor, so I don't know why he had to like conjure the devil. Also, he's Nigerian, and I feel like Nigerians are very superstitious and very big on their religion. Yeah. Um. So the fact that he said that on camera, I mean, it just adds to the whole prospect of like Hollywood Illuminati and all of that. So I just, I feel like it made it worse. Like, it, I don't know. I was really upset about it. Holly weird. Holly weird. Yeah. Like, you don't, I don't feel like it never takes a performance to conjure Satan. Like Conjure Satan. And that, I just felt like that was the most random thing. Like, what the hell? Like, you went straight, you bypassed any other religious form, any other spiritual practice, but you went to Satan. Like, even people that don't believe in Christianity and don't believe in religion, like, it'll take a lot for a person to pray to Satan. Because why are you just going to conjure up something that represents negative energy? Even if you don't believe in it or not, like, you're just asking for negative energy to help you. Like, does that make sense? And it was, I felt like it was so performative, too. Like, I don't know. I, I never take, I never like when people, like, joke with religion like that. Like, it just felt like a very performative actor high prestige thing to say like there's so many actors who are villainous like Hannibal Lecter Annie Wilkes like you never hear any of their actors been like Jack Nicholson you never hear any of them that like um I conjure Satan in order to really get this evil like you could just act and yeah. pretend what show is he on again can you he's on us? he's on Snowfall which is on FX and Hulu so um the sixth season just ended I have friends who are big fans of the shows I know 
Um, Jay Z and Beyonce are real fans of the show. Um, so I've heard. So, but it's like, a really what kind of character show. does he play that would require him to conjure up Satan? Like, how evil does it get? So his character arc is he is a, um, <clears throat> I think he's a drug dealer. Um, and he starts off like really like on the innocent side, and then he has like this dramatic Shakespearean tragic downfall where he kind of it's almost like um I'm trying to like Macbeth in a mm-hmm. sense. Like he kind of just have this breakdown in character and in the end i mean i don't want to spoil it but i think he's like on the street homeless and um he's like having this type of like insane diatribe where he's kind of like shouting out nonsense but it's kind of like a reflection of like who he is as a character and it like also channels back to the first episode where he saw his father on the street so now it's kind of like a fallback to character yeah okay it didn't require it's never that serious (laughs) and i just wonder like i know his family's like we lost him because imagine that giving that call to your grandma i know he didn't tell her i prayed to satan like he just probably told her i'm having these dreams because and he skipped the praying to satan part yeah because if i told my grandmother i don't even know what she would do yeah, that's just like yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, I feel like as an ethnic person, like I think anyone would just never. And this tape, by the way, the Hollywood round was it just white people on this table? Because I'm looking at this clip and so, I just see white actors. I think there's, I think there's predominantly white. I think there was one. I think I don't know where Pedro Pascal is from. I think he's Chilean, so he's like the only. So his non- Okay, I know if there was a Latino one, he was. Like he's the Hispanic one. Like, I mean, I don't know if Chilean is considered. Yeah, whatever. If there was a oh, Hispanic okay. Latino person there, I know they were like, "What the fuck?" No, crazy enough, Jeff Bridges. So if you guys don't know who Jeff Bridges is, like the dude in the Big Lebowski, he's like the. I don't know if you see the clip, but he's the older one on his left side. Yeah, he's looking, looking at him like you're crazy. Like, like, what are you saying? Like, he's looking like, oh nah, nah. But I just would have died. If, there should have been another black person on that table. Yeah, sure. Oh my god. To call him out because they would be like, crazy. "Nah, you bugging." And what's crazy because like, imagine Tyler Perry was on there. Tyler he would, Perry he would throw the Bible. Denzel. <laughs> Wait, Denzel. No, oh, I'm yeah, saying Denzel. if Denzel was there, he would have been like, "Oh no." Oprah. Denzel would have walked out. <laughs> Denzel would have walked out. He yeah. said he would have been like. But I can't even imitate Denzel. But Denzel would have been like, come over here. Come over here. Stop the interview. Stop the interview. You pray to Satan? <laughs> nah. Like, I feel like Tyler Perry, the stories I hear about him, he seems like a real, like, stand-up dude that'll come up to you and, like, yeah, hug you. and like evangelical moment. <laughs> I feel like he'll come up to him. Nah, he'll probably, like, he'll be mad cool with it. Like, just just come hang out with me on Saturday night. Yeah. And he'll take him to, like, a nighttime church that's what he did with, um. That's what he did with Will Smith when he slapped Chris Rock. Yeah. Pulls him to the side. <laughs> That's the vibe I get from him. All right, we're done with Damson Idris. Um, and I hope you don't be talking to Lori with that with that pray to Satan mouth. Mm-mm. Yeah, that's just that's too much. Okay, what do you have a sound off topic for us, LR? Okay, yes. So um, I want to go back to so something happened on a on a flight. Uh, there's this rapper named Chica. She's Grammy nominated, and she was on a flight in first class. And essentially, she had just, like, woke up out of, like, she was trying to go to sleep. She woke up, and there was two children, I think, adjacent to her. And they were, like, screaming and crying. And then she bought Wi-Fi, $34 Wi-Fi, to go rant on Twitter. And she, like, curses these kids out, call them bastards, bitch-ass kids. Like, she goes in on them. And then it's revealed. <laughs> I, It's not that it's funny, but, like, what just caught me off guard was that the mother of those two kids well the mother of one of the kid is ti's daughter ti and tiny's daughter which like threw me off because i was like 
what a weird coincidence or something but right but regardless the kids you know they had to be of money to be in first class yeah and the kids had their own seats so that was like you know but basically chica like went on twitter um i don't i could pull up the thing but she went on twitter and just like went insane she went crazy i have the quote right here she said lady next to me who thought it would be a good idea to buy yourself and your twin infants first class seats on a red-eye flight who just woke me up by bringing your screaming bastard to our seats to soothe her then she goes on to say i just bought 34 dollars wi-fi at 4 a.m to call you a stupid bitch p.s i hate you and i hope you get paper cuts between each finger tomorrow you senseless wench And then it gets worse because then she says, what makes you think a one-year-old will shut their bitch ass up before calling? And then she goes on to call the mama hoe. So she like keeps going. This was like a whole rant, guys. And the part that threw me, like I was like, okay, rant, rant away. But what makes you think a one-year-old will shut their bitch ass up? I was like, oh no. Yeah. And well keep going like what what thoughts do you have about the situation like how do you feel about chica and the whole twitter rant listen the thing is i get it like people get angry people rant you know um if she wasn't a celebrity she probably was doing this stuff before she was a celebrity you know just like ranting and shit on twitter and everybody ignores it you know you probably get one like and it's whatever but now she has a bigger platform now um, for her art, which she's known to be like a very like vulnerable lyricist, like a real like lyricist type of rapper, you know, she's not like the new rap girlies. And I think she's paved her own way for just staying true to her art form. And this was something that just like shocked people because they they were not expecting this outburst from her. Um, but actually, for the ones who know who knows, like. I mean, me, myself, like, I am a Chica fan. Like, I listen to her music, but apparently this isn't the first time she's, like, called out black kids. Like, there was one tweet where she was in some type of Twitter feud with some mm-hmm. f- random person on Twitter, and the person's, the, the, the person she was arguing with, I think her child had passed away, mm-hmm. and Chica put, like, a side-by-side between the child and, like, a dead carcass, like, next to each other. That is... Foul. like very foul like chica has gone far before and like i didn't know about that that's when that's that was when me and i was like okay i kind of have to fall back on listening to her music because like mm-hmm. that was just really rude yeah. yeah and i mean there's a whole bunch of rappers i'm not gonna bring up other rappers names in there but that have you know gone hard and maybe gone below the belt um i just think in this state of her career where she has a bigger platform now it's odd that she did this and it was what another thing that was also weird is like she had just put out a song the day before and she we like i know as a fan me like she said she was retiring from music so we was like we not expecting more music from her so for her to say like for her to put out the song and then have that incident i was like mm-hmm. damn how you just it was a pr nightmare for me literally everything else i was like all right she's just ranting like and i could get it you get a red eye flight you don't get to sleep the whole night because yeah. someone's crying um a kid is crying in first class next to you and the parents are like not able to console them somehow um or who she perceived to be the parents like i can get how that's annoying i was like regular rant whatever i literally didn't bat an eye 
But something about the bitch ass up and the one year old. Yeah, that's too much. And I'm not even a parent. Imagine when I'm a parent. Like, that's like fighting words. And Zonique was very classy with her response. She didn't even say anything crazy. She was like, let me see if I find Zonique's the, response. Her, her cousin went in, though. Her cousin went in. Her cousin went in? The the cousin, Zonique's cousin, was the mother of the other kid. And yeah. she she went crazy. I can't find it. But As like It was should. on Instagram, but she called her like... She was like, you fat, stinky bitch. I was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> she went crazy. Like. Zonique responded. I, I pulled it up. Zonique said, I'm in tears. Not Chica Boo was mad my child was cutting up in first class. You should have just sat there and been mad, babe. She's sky priority as fuck. So Zonique chose like the classy, cute clapback. Or no one even says clapback anymore. I don't know what the fuck. She responded, but like classy and cute. Um... I, I think she's just like that. You know, she's a celebrity kid, so she has that. And Zonique has always been chill and, like, low-key and respectful. So I think she has that natural filter on her. Mm-hmm. But you see, Zonique and her cousin, they were raised well. I still don't feel like that was that crazy. Yeah, I'm reading it, it now. Really but I remember, that crazy. Yeah, it's not really not. She kind of held her composure. Yeah, she's going to win crazy. They're all too classy for me. But we love that. You know, we don't want to see any violence. Yeah, no negativity. And Yeah, we hope. Chica and Zanique and Zanique's cousin learn from the situation. Yeah, what's your what's your next sound off? My next sound off topic, guys. I had so many things I want to talk about. I, I I don't even think I'm gonna get to one of them. One of them, I'll I'll save that for the next podcast because okay. I feel like it's a longer, more intense topic that we should dive into. But quickly, I'd like to send my condolences to mm-hmm. the family of Jackie O. I am so so heartbroken to hear that she is no longer with us it was just super shocking and jackie O, I didn't follow her that intensely but i definitely saw her on wild and out and i saw her relationship with dc young fly and i just always saw her as such a positive sweet girl and that seems to be the sentiment from all of her friends so definitely um sending my well wishes to anybody that's affected by this death closely. But with that said, B. Simone finds herself in hot water because just a few days after Jackie O's passing was announced, she promoted her close friends. And this was super unusual because she promoted it as a way for people to kind of get close to her during or at least this is how I internalized it. She promoted it as a way for people to get close to her while she was in her mourning process through her close friends that she's charging people for. Um, Now, people have come to be Simone's defense and said that she always promotes his close friends, but I just felt like it was really bad timing. So in the exact story post she put, If you're not on my close friends, you're not going to see much of my life during this time. Close friends, I love you. Thank you for being a safe space. And then there's a link that says join my close friends now. Um, I just felt like, don't you feel, I mean, you can continue with your life after a friend passes, of course. But I think there should be a little bit of, I don't know, maybe like the first few weeks, like, be very selective on the type of work you do 
And I think she could have went without posting this close friend's link and alluding to her going through a tough time. Like, it just felt weird. Yeah. I saw in the comments people, like, her her close friends were defending, like, her co-podcast host. I don't know. I think it's Megan. Oh, her co-podcast. She, co-spo- um, she defended yes. her. Um, I know uh, V defended her. Um, I think I understand where she was coming from. However, I think the decorum was missing. I think that, well, one, I know for me, like, God forbid, if I had lost, like, a close friend mm-hmm. um, and I'm in a celebrity status, I would just not be on social media at all. Or I would yeah. just, like, if I am going to only post on close friends, like, mm-hmm. I only would have mm-hmm. the people who I would need in my corner to be in that space mm-hmm. um, and to be in that safe space and to capitalize. I know capitalizing your safe space just doesn't really go off well. You know what I mean? But, okay, to be Simone's defense, she is, like, that's her job. Like, it's kind of yeah. like, unfortunately, when our friends die, if that ever happens, or family, I mean, you, some people have a certain amount of days for, like, grief time off or whatever it's called i forget but you know you have to go back to work within you know the next couple of days maybe you could take a week off max if you have a good job like that but you usually have to get back to work and b simone's job is social media and wait it is i thought it was just a i thought it was a podcast it's it's, um you know digital content social media that's her job yeah she's an influencer she monetizes her close friends and she has a podcast yeah and oh that has, was another thing and I, she has a makeup line like people that's, said that she monetized her close friends before this incident yeah happened. that's the thing yeah. it, it was it always was um like a form of money for her so it's like um she's she, you have to continue making money i don't know but monetizing your emotions like i just wouldn't like i just i i mm-hmm. think they i think one like if this was just a perf- if this was something that's in in lieu in line of business Mm -hmm. like i would just make my post just about business and keep that at that i mean granted she did preface that she's had this monetization of close friends before but like i don't know it felt weird like it was a weird it was a walkie type of vibe like you know like it just didn't the thing is it it's all weird i don't know and i not to harp on this topic for so long but i was thinking about this earlier today because on B. Simone, she's a, one of the hosts um, from the Know For Sure podcast. And her co-host that LR mentioned earlier is Megan Megan A. Brooks on Instagram. And she has come out to her defense um, since B. Simone has found herself um, a trending topic again due to monetizing her close friends. I was thinking about this, though, because their podcast, Know For Sure, I don't know if you've gotten to listen I've to it, it, LR. Yeah, I've seen some. It's very much based on christianity and sisterhood yeah and spirituality right and, and mental health and, and mental health safe space yeah and i guess but they're doing that as they try to become billionaires or millionaires cuz b simone has said yeah. that she wants to you know make a lot of money she wants to be a millionaire billionaire and she believes that her podcast will be the number one podcast in the world. Her and Megan both say that. Yeah. I always find it very interesting when people monetize spirituality or religion. But people do that. People make a living off of that. I find it interesting. I don't know how I would be able to do it, but people do it. And they say it's a blessing from God, you know, and um, preachers do it. Pastors do it. Yeah. 
They make their money while praising the Lord. And on one hand, you can look at it like that's very beautiful. You get to make money from being honest and and sharing your love for the Lord. And in her close friends, you know, in her perspective, you know, she's like, I'm making money, but I'm cultivating a safe space here. We're talking, we're grieving together. And, you know, for th- that emotional transparency and that openness, shouldn't people deserve to get paid for that? It's, it's interesting you say that. It's emotional labor. I don't want to like, you know, extend this conversation more, but like, it's it. I think it's like a bigger conversation around religion and faith and capitalism because in Islam you're not allowed to do that. Like you're not allowed to um, use Allah in music for some type of profit or use Allah for profit. Oh. Um, so it's so interesting that in our religion that's kind of like I wouldn't say celebrated, but like normalized. Yeah. Um, I know me, like, I've I've always had, like, my side eye towards gospel artists because I'm just, like, especially when Sunday Best, which is, like, a gospel competition show, because I'm just, like, how can you, what kind of metrics are you using to kind of see who's the best gospel artist when everyone's just praising about the Lord? Like, it's, like, it's weird. But it's entertainment, it's, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's, uh, like, it's, do you compromise, and do you compromise faith and the whole foundation of Christianity and religion for this you know um ongoing i don't know um what's the word like structured of capitalism and entertainment and getting more views it's hard i see it so many ways because at the end of the day we have to work christians at the end of the day we have to work work. yeah yeah. so it's like if you can work while praising god and entertaining people then that's okay and you know to give v simone the benefit of the doubt again like she's gonna grieve but she has to work so and if her job as an influencer or um you know as just someone in the digital entertainment content creation space is to be transparent and be honest and people like authenticity and people pay for authenticity people pay for authenticity damn that was a hard word then just meet me where i'm at facts so that was my benefit of the doubt for b simone but it is weird it's something that i struggle with because I'm the type of person that is like, if I'm really, really struggling, shit, I guess I'm not making money that week. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. So that was a really intense sound off segment. Um, let us know your thoughts on Instagram. You can DM us or you can leave a comment, rating, review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We would love for you guys to join in on the conversation. But we Thanks. will move it. We will move on now. Mm-hmm. And I also realized we didn't really formally introduce LR. He just kind of jumped on in. I mean, because they know who I am. You know, I'm kind of like a supporting, recurring character. You kind of are. But if on the off chance there's someone who's just tuning in, you want to briefly introduce yourself. So, you know, name the borough you're from and your socials. So my name's LR. I'm from Brooklyn, New York, uh, specifically East New York. Um, I am the audio engineer, co-producer of this podcast. We kind of um, helped co-create with Alanis. With, yeah, Alanis. I was about to say, <laughs> do you have like... Um, I mean, I'd be saying my govy on here. I just try not to say it too much. I try not to make it hot. Yeah. But I mean, you kind of do because in the intro you say Yes, Alanis. I do. I just realized. <laughs> Don't remind them. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, my socials, I only have um, Instagram right now, r underscore... C-I-R-U-O-L. Um, but I also plug in my sister's 
Instagram. Um, I mean, not Instagram, her YouTube channel, Rena Under Construction, which I'm also a producer for. So Rena Under Construction. Yeah. Yay, that's awesome. Make sure to check out that YouTube channel and make sure to give LR a follow, guys. Um, so now we are at the time of the episode where shit gets spicy. We are at Casa Confessions. So as a reminder, I will ask four to six mild to out-of-pocket questions and guests, in this case, LR, can opt out of a question by taking a shot of Casamigos. And we'll also start the game by taking a shot to make things yeah. extra spicy. In the first episode, I didn't drink, so this is going to be interesting. Oh, you didn't. No, Cheers. I didn't. Cheers. Eye contact. Guys, you should see how I be suffering. I be suffering with LR shots. Oh my god! I don't know why he. And I'm known for pouring it crazy. Yeah, he fills them to the rim. Like he gives you two shots in one. Okay. (sighs) Going in. Yeah, let's do this. Tell us a move that someone did on you in the bedroom that you can't forget about. I think I'm gonna take a shot. What? Are you serious? Yeah, wow, I thought that was light. Yeah, I'm gonna take a shot. <laughs> Next question. Oh my god, what's something girls do during sex that you wish you would change? That you wish they would change or stop doing? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. There's nothing that really, like, I complain about. I feel like they're a lot more dominant, and I think they have this indication that I'm a very passive, like, what's the word? Like, submissive, submissive, yeah, type of person, Um, which is not true. This is weird, because I've never talked about myself sexually. This is interesting. (laughs) Um, I Like, I've never said it out loud, but, yeah, I think there's a, there's an, um, an ex not an expectation like an implication that i'm a very submissive passive like innocent mm. person and i feel like just you know but maybe i'm not translating that in the bedroom maybe so that's probably something i gotta self-reflect and see how i could like come mm-hmm. off more dominant but a lot of women i attract are very dominant personalities that's very interesting though that might be something with your personality because most women are scared to be dominant in the bedroom yeah, or I yeah. hear that they start being that way older, like when they get older. No, I I definitely like most of the women I've been with are definitely a lot more confident and a lot more assuring mm. about what they want. Like if you didn't, if I didn't give you that night, they will let me know. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, God. that's like the type of. You and do know, you appreciate that? Yeah, I think I think it's constructive criticism. It allows me to like you know, if I continue having sex with you, or like if I have sex with the next women like i could just i know the way in terms of learning your body so that i can really like learn how to please you you know Mm, per okay what's your pet peeve about me (laughs) (laughs) oh man um i think there's two i think well we've discussed this privately but i think punctuality is like one Mm -hmm. um but I think you're getting better. I think we've had the conversation and um, I think you're doing good. I'm better. Um, I feel like 
Well, I don't want to compare you to all Pisces, but I feel like Pisces <laughs> can be very delusional. And I'm a I'm a very realist type of person. Call me Mrs. Delulu. Yeah, you, know, <laughs> you said it. You said it. Yeah, I feel like, but sometimes like I think that delusional aspect works well in favor because I'm like I tend to work within my limits, but sometimes it challenges you to look outside of your limits and probably restructure the limits that you have for yourself. Um, so maybe, I don't know, maybe being delusional helps. I mean, you've gotten this far in your you know career and life and you're doing very well. So maybe I need to be a little more delusional. I don't know. Oh, thank you. Wait, and your pe- <laughs> so your second pet peeve was that I'm delusional? Yeah, I think the times you could be a little <laughs> delusional. Just a little. Not like... <laughs> Just like, just like, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Can you give an example? Like, 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 in terms of like the whole dating thing, like you're like, I want to be celibate, stay celibate, but damn, I want to get some, you're like, damn, I want to get some head right now. Or, damn, I want some <laughs> sex right now. And you just be in this. I mean, I feel like that's not delusional. I just feel like you're just like in a That's just me being internal a conflict. human. Yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> but it's like, my, by, uh, celibacy is a choice I made in my brain. Yeah, that's true. Me wanting dick is a choice that's made in my vagina. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but it's like, no, because my thing is like, I no, I think delusion is the wrong word. I think you are too... Um, indecisive. That's the word. Yes. And I'm like, for me, like, I'm like, make a decision. Like, yeah. either you want to commit, because I know me, I like, I'm celibate now. Like, mm-hmm. I'm committing to celibacy, mm-hmm. but like, talking about sex, thinking about sex, just like, will revert me back to being oh. a sexual person. But I'm not saying like, I'm fine with you talking about sex, mm-hmm. and you know, like, I have no problems with any of my friends getting into sexual conversation. But for yeah. me, I'm like, if you want to choose this lifestyle like commit to this lifestyle like Mm. if you're gonna think about the ways where you might revert back to the ways you don't want to then you're just gonna follow back in that path so yeah just like in in terms of like just always have conviction and commitment to what you're saying and thinking oh that's deep i have a few responses to that actually i feel like on the celibacy note i've also been celibate for over two years now Mm -hmm. And celibacy for me was always like a momentary thing. Yeah. It was a way to eliminate a distraction so I can get myself right. So hopefully when I get when I incorporate that back into my life, it'll be better from the changes that I made while I was away from it. Mm. It was it was always like a momentary thing. Yeah. But it's hard, though, because I'm also, like, a spiritual person. Yeah, and yeah. I think I do, I mean, I do follow the teachings of Jesus Christ um, to a certain extent. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, I don't know, like, should I just stay this way? Should I wait till marriage? But I don't believe in the waiting till marriage thing because... I don't either. I don't believe in the waiting till marriage thing because it's like, who knows when I'm going to get married? Like, I felt like something, like love and marriage is like waiting to win the lottery yeah i think i always well i've never told people this because i don't feel like i'm ever in the right place to give any advice around relationships given i've never been in one but i always say like wait till you're in love that's my own personal advice for myself i feel like it's the same thing though i feel like in love and marriage is is no yeah yeah it's both like winning the lottery yeah oh (laughs) in that space um what you mean like how can i control when i fall in love i don't think i don't think so personally i feel like i feel like it's easy to fall in love 
and not easy to fall in love, but I feel like it's easy. And you think to every gain. single person you fall in love with is the right person to have no, sex no, with? No, 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 not necessarily. But in that moment, you think so. But like, probably when you like, you have to think presently instead of thinking like. Well, I think it's also okay to think in the future as well because you know you have those. Um, what do you call like those um, mm-hmm. implications or those predictions based mm-hmm. on the characteristics you get from the person now? But if everything is like green until something happens, then I say like go for it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, um, yeah. I feel like I just want to find a good sexual partner. That that too. I feel like that's currently. But I don't feel like that's is like that, that hard for you? Yes. Like, wow. That's very hard. I feel like it's easy to get a sexual partner. Because you're a man. Yeah. It's very fucking hard as a as a woman to find a good sexual partner in my opinion. For me because I'm Mr. Lulu and I'm emotional. Alright. <laughs> and I'm emotional. No, for real. Like It's like, okay, I have to find a man who will consider my emotions, yeah. my emotional safety. Right. Like, don't just be disrespectful. I have to find a man who who will consider my physical safety, my health. Yeah, yeah. Because they be lying. Yeah, get checked. How can I trust you? (laughs) I have to find. And no one's like, no one's like just like dating one person nowadays. So Mm -hmm. if I sleep with someone, I have to assume they're sleeping with at least five other people. Unless you set that boundary. But do I believe them? No, but I think. I think I've no. We've had a conversation. If about a girl's this. like, if a girl's like, it's just us, right? The guy's gonna be like, yeah. No, but you've had a you've you've had the self reflection. Like when when you come across when you personally come across guys, like mm-hmm. they don't ever like. I remember we had the conversation with Talia. Like they with guys, they don't ever like cross the line in a sense. Like I feel like yeah, for could, me, like yeah, with yeah. me specifically, yeah. I don't yeah. think men at least. Well, I mean, I guess some guys may have, you know, crossed the line, and those are the guys that I like stay away with, that I stay away from. But the guy, most guys usually are that I consider as someone to date or talk to, mm-hmm. usually are super duper respectful of me. Yeah. So I feel like once you preserve that, and I feel like you have a great conviction when going into whether romantic or you know sexual situations like i feel like once you maintain that but the guys that are super respectful are the biggest hoes is what you're not understanding oh they okay yeah because they're not pressed to touch you because they already get touched yeah by all of their best like just set that boundary and i feel like for for both sides to develop that reputation of trust like i am for you you are for me like but i don't even know if i want to do that because I'm not, yeah. I, I'm not about to be the dick patroller. Like if we're not like together, like if we're not married, if we're not locked in, I don't, I don't think I'm gonna be like, oh, because I feel like that is just what drives girls crazy. Because it's just like, oh, that girl just hugged him. Are they sleeping together? Like it's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm not about to be patrolling your dick because you're not really mine. Yeah. So it's like scary. I don't that's even know. That's the roadblock there, yeah. I feel like that's the life we're living now. Like you got to date a person. You got to accept that they're sleeping with five different people. And as a woman, you have to make the best decisions for your sexual safety. And then also your emotional safety. Mm-hmm. And you have to find a man that like has the common sense to understand that. And knows how to communicate with women. That's true. Which It I, also depends on like I, I feel like it always depends on the person too. But I do agree that. There seems to be like a 
a communal like reputation, especially among men. Like I, I, I'm gonna speak for myself. And women like, too. Women, women, that's yeah. just, that's just the way dating is now. Yeah, yeah. I'm just talking about men because that's like mainly who I'm dealing with. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's the way dating is now. No one is locked in until they're locked in. Yeah. And I feel like I'm honestly I'm rolling with it too. Like I'm not about to because what they'll do is they're just gonna lie to you. Like I'm not about to act like it's just us when it's not. Now, if there's a ring around my finger, then it should just be us. Right. That's facts. Okay. Last, <laughs> last Casa Confessions question. I forgot we were doing Casa Confessions. What's the difference between good and bad pussy? Hi, guys. This is Alanis, the host of Bronx Girl at Heart podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode so far. And this is actually a two-parter. So stay tuned for part two.